I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Right, I'm joined by David Anderson from Bees Tactical Podcast. How are you, David? Hi, Adam. Yeah, really good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Good, good. It's been a um, it's been a very, very positive start for Brentford so far. Um, as a fan yourself, did you expect this sort of start? What were your expectations like going into the season? Uh, well, yeah, good question. I, I, there's a part of me that was very confident that we have been building for this for a while now and we'd be a good team but there's another part that the unknown side of it where you're thinking this is a big step up so we could face a a few hidings each week but (laughs) no we've been building for this for a while now and I think concentrating on having a good defense um, being hard to beat and being quite a compact team has, uh, has put us in good stead for the Premier League but yeah mixed but I think I was edging towards us just being okay do you think the um because obviously Brentford have have had a history of of coming close and and not quite making it into the Premier League in the last two seasons especially. Do you think missing out on those those two promotions has actually helped the team for this season and actually made them better prepared going into this this season? Um yeah, I I think there could be something in that. I think if you saw well, well, yeah, I think Leeds were the team that did it just before us. Another season in the Championship, another year of cohesion, um, and then going up and then staying up as well. Um, I don't think that second year hurt. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we were able to keep hold of players and the ones that did go replaced and were bedded in nicely. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it hurt us at all. I think, if anything, it made us stronger as a group and... They won't like to admit it, but I think behind closed doors, football actually suited Brentford quite a bit. Quite a technical, uh, quite a technical, quite a tactical team, and um, not having the crowd there probably helped push us over the line for a lot of the games. But um, yeah, that's that's probably for another conversation. But yeah, I do I do think it probably helped actually. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was thinking, I always wonder like those, those sort of moments are very make or break for a team, aren't they? If you miss out on on promotion especially getting to the playoff final it can be a very disheartening Mm. thing to bounce back from the following season but Brentford have just kept going the recruitment is incredibly impressive every year there seems to be a new crop of players come through that are almost as good as the last Um, and that's been proven I mean coming up against former player Ben Rama yesterday and coming out as the Mm. victorious team that must have been that must have felt quite sweet actually yeah, yeah, it was good to face him. Um, yeah, all Brentford fans will have fond memories of Ben Rama. He was a quality player, and uh, 
yeah, he had some brilliant moments for us. Um, he was live. Well, he he was quiet for the first half. I think he grew into the second half a little bit. I mean, he got a few shots off. Um, it was it was good seeing him play, and um, yeah, probably even better keeping him quiet. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's a he's a good player, and you can see why he belongs at the sort of top end of the league. But we we don't give much away. There was a period where West Ham. Um, I think they had eight or nine shots in a row without anything coming back from us. And there was a bit of an onslaught. And in the end, they did score through Bowen. Um, ben Rama was part of that onslaught as well. But um, we kept them quiet. Yeah, we did. We um, we kept them quiet for a long while. And then they did get the equaliser. And uh, yeah, we went on to, to steal it from a set piece, which we're, um, we're almost becoming famed for now. Yeah, it's interesting how... Um... I mean, do you, do you notice a difference in Brentford in the way when they when they come up against teams like West Ham and obviously um, a good result against Liverpool and then beating Arsenal at the opening day of the season? Do you think that those sort of games are better suited for Brentford or do you think that they're just going to be consistent throughout? Because obviously the only game where you've suffered a defeat is against Brighton at home. Mm. Um, whether that game is just an anomaly amongst the other games or, or do you think it's, or you're no, better no, suited? I've, I've... I think you're onto something a little bit. We in our own podcast before um we spoke a little bit about the West Ham game and not all of it got into the podcast. We we were kind of chatting about so Brentford so far have faced a lot of teams that have come at them which has suited us in style. So we we do like to sit off. There's not much space behind the defenders and between the goalkeeper and the defenders that gets condensed. Um Ray has used that to his advantage and then is able to go long to Tony. So we've been able to get out if teams do press us and get beyond that first line of pressure but we've also we're also good on the ball and building out so what we were thinking about we've only played six games you can't you can't get a full mm. flavor of the league only played six games so we were slightly concerned about how Brentford would face up against a team that did sit off a little bit um we weren't sure how West Ham were going to like West Ham are quite a hard team to call they they can they are quite rigid and they are quite defensive um, and they can sit off. But then at the same time, they do have the power and the athleticism and the skill to be a much more attacking team. So you're not sure which West Ham you're going to get. So we weren't, we weren't, kind, of, we weren't kind of sure which, which team we were going to face. But in the end, it, it proved that they came out in that second half and they showed us that they're a proper attacking team and they went for us. And um, it took a lot for us to keep them. We, we, basically, we were lucky to keep it a draw and then get into the 93rd minute yeah. at 1-1. And then um, to steal it is—it was a bit of a travesty, really. They—they they must feel aggrieved at that. But um, you need to take these wins when you can. I mean, you can't always win playing well. Of course, you—you you have to kind of scrape a few victories here and there, don't you? Mm. Um, we'll go back to the the opening day of the season because I think when this result happened, it was—it was obviously seen as a shock. Brentford beating Arsenal in the opening day of the season, and I think. Mm. And it's kind of comp- I think you've kind of complimented Arsenal um, in the following games because everyone was bashing Arsenal in the way they they were losing aerial battles with Brentford. And since then, I haven't really seen any team come up against Brentford and get the better of you in the air. I mean, the, the stats have proven it. Um, Ivan Tony's won the most aerial duels in the Premier League, and I think uh, Ethan Pinnock is joint fourth in the Premier League as well. So there's a, it seems to be a test for most teams. And it, it, it kind of makes you feel good about that defeat now. It's kind of like, okay, Brentford are actually a serious prospect yeah. this season. Yeah, I think Arsenal suffer from being a team that everyone loves to bash and just rip apart. But yeah, they called Brentford. <laughs> it was the opening game. It was Friday night. You had a few injuries. There was 
we let's we won't go on about like COVID outbreaks and uh, players injured because there's no need to go into that depth. But yeah, the, the, you had a slightly depleted squad. Um, it was it was a, it was a big game in front of the sky cameras. Brentford were well up for it, and I think we got a goal at a good time. We got a goal about twenty minutes. Mm. It was Canos who opened the scoring. Um, I think you looked a bit lightweight up front in that game. I think we had three big centre backs. You you kind of look like I mean it's still almost pre season, is it? The season's only just started. It was early on. You weren't at top gear, and we were ready for it. We had a really high intensity pre season and and started well. We played some big teams. We played Man United. We played Valencia. We didn't look overawed in any of those, and I just think we were just a little bit more ready. We just looked a bit more a bit stronger, a bit more up for it. And then, as you're saying, the set pieces is something we've been working on for years now. So add that with you being slightly weaker and not quite ready for the start <laughs> of the season, us being quite physical and good in the air. Um, those long throws, we've been building those into our tactics for a couple of years as well. We're quite good at them, that second phase ball. Challenge for the first one, get the knockdowns. That second chance is a really high quality chance. And we got a goal off, I think it was Norgard's was the second, wasn't it, at the back post? Um, yeah, you just got caught a bit cold, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't pay too much attention to all the Arsenal bashing. I think a few other teams have um, <laughs> seen that uh, <laughs> seen that Brentford are probably a lot better and a lot meaner team than um, than most thought. Yeah, I think that that mean streak is definitely um, it's definitely going to get you a long way this season. I think it was um, it was Klopp was very complimentary, wasn't he, of, of Thomas Frank and in the pre match and the post match. He was um, he was especially complimentary to. Um, to David Raya, who said that he should have been wearing a number ten jersey with the uh, <laughs> with the balls he was playing during that game. How important do you think he is and, and his ability to um, to play out from the back as well? Yeah, it's incredible. It, um, I was a bit skeptical of him when we signed him. We got him from Blackburn. Um, Blackburn were a mid-table average team for a couple of years. Um, he came over from Spain quite young, and Blackburn sent him out on loan, and then he came back to Blackburn and. I remember Brentford beating Blackburn, I think it was 5-1 on a really blustery day at Griffin Park and Ray was in goal for Blackburn that day and I, you, when you see him up close, he's not very big, he's not very intimidating. Um, he's He doesn't appear very big, he doesn't appear to have a huge presence and I didn't see too much about him. Then when I found out we were interested in him, I thought, oh gosh, is this going to be one of our only few duds in the transfer market? But the second he came in, he, he's just been incredible. Like When you see him on the ball, how good he is technically. Um He's up there with Edison at Man City and um, the Everton keeper whose name escapes me. I forgot his Pickford. name. He's got a really long... Yeah, Pickford yeah. at Everton, sorry. Um, uh, Alisson at Liverpool. He's in that ilk for playing with the ball at his feet, going long, but probably better than some of them going short, like Edison, probably around that level. Like he's he's really skilled on the ball. So that is a good asset for us. Um, Clock called him a number 10. I me and a few friends think of him as more as a DM. Like he's, he's that much. That's how good he is. He could play DM in a in a good team. Probably in that Man City team wouldn't surprise me. But just getting the ball, receiving it from the centre backs, playing it, moving sideways. He's he's really good, and it's helped us a lot. But his long range passing to Tony, I think um, it won't be because of how much it's in the press. It doesn't take long for teams to sort of analyse what opposition teams are doing in the Premier mm. League, and I think we'll start to see. A either people crowding around Tony on that first knockdown, just putting someone stronger on him and making sure they win those duels, or just putting a little bit more pressure onto Brentford playing out. I think a, a couple of teams have sat off a little bit more than I'd have thought, and it has been a little bit easy. And if that's a route to goal, 
then um, I think you'll find teams adjusting a little bit and maybe moving up another 10 yards just to affect him and rush him a little bit more. But yeah, so far so good and long may it continue for bees if um, <laughs> if we can get him firing to Tony and Tony knocking down to Mbemo and getting getting into the opposition box, we'll take it. Yeah, it seems to be quite um, quite routine, doesn't it? Um, Tony to Mbemo and and that's mm. such a good partnership, that those two. They, they complement each other pretty perfectly in the team, don't they? Um, Ivan Tony's a player I'm a, I'm a massive fan of because um, I've been following him since probably since Peterborough really was when I was sort of put on to mm. to him because because um, I'm from Ipswich so I, I follow Ipswich Town as well so they've played against Peterborough a few times and he was obviously yeah. bossing it in that league and then when <laughs> when he when he got brought by Brentford I thought that's a great transfer um, and a lot of people questioned whether he could tra- he could transfer that from the Championship to the Premier League but. I personally had no doubts. He's the sort of player I was like, if Brentford don't get promoted, I wanted Arsenal to go in for him because I really, wow. really think it. He's like such an all-round um, striker to have to have that strong presence, to have that aerial ability as well. It's, it's very important, and it can win you a lot of it can win you a lot of battles in in games. So he's been impressive. Yeah, he he's a really good player, really good. He's going to be even better as well, I think. I think he's still got a way to go in yeah. his development as well. This isn't it. This isn't it for him. Um, yeah, I guess because you're across the Peterborough stuff, we can talk about his yeah his length of um, his length of development so far. But um, I think when you're down in League One and those lower leagues, if you're quick and if you are agile and smart and um, can strike a ball well then you'll stand out and then you're playing against defenders that you're faster at basically faster than mm. so the game is easier stepping up into the championship it took him a while to develop again because defenders aren't Premier League defenders but they're a quicker again teams are a little bit smarter um, so it took him a while to adjust to that level and it hasn't always been easy for him like he's he's had to work really really hard I think his weaknesses are probably running with the ball in transition like he's not the best dribbler whereas I think in League One he'd have been able to just dribble and those heavier touches wouldn't be so they, he wouldn't lose the ball as easily and it would it would get stuck under his feet but he'd have time to adjust and then pick his stride up again yeah so he had to work on that in the championship um i think in the championship as well he worked a lot on his link game so just getting the ball and holding bringing in umbermo or moving out wide coming deeper building up the play from there and then spinning away better passing i, I think you watched him in the weekend and a few of these other premier league matches you you see him now he's Almost like um, what we're seeing with Kane, just that dropping into pockets and releasing the the faster, more agile players into the into like one on ones or, or through on goal. So his passing has come on as well. So he he's just developing all the time. And I think each season now, we've had him for a couple of years. The people who've watched him at Peterborough will just love watching him. And and you can see he's not the finished article. I think that's what's quite interesting. We're, we're seeing a player that's um, definitely definitely got improvements to to go and. Yeah, it's just been great watching him um, round off his game. And who knows, Eng- there's talk of England. They, they yeah. might come calling sooner or later. It's a very, very competitive England team as well. It's almost a, um, it's a big mm. compliment to get called up to England now, isn't it? Especially in, especially in a forward role, because there's a lot of attackers in England. Um, I mean, it took so long for, for Bamford to get a call up. So you kind of you do mm. wonder whether Tony will suffer the same sort of fate as Bamford and might have to wait a little bit, a little bit longer to get in there. But I think he could probably overtake the likes of Bamford in that England team. He's, he's, there's more to his game, isn't there? It's, which... Yeah, I think it's also style as well. Mm. Like um, uh, Bamford plays for Leeds and they play a particular style. And I think, um, to be honest, what you'd want out of an English forward, it looks more like 
Tony might be more suited just um, just with some of those other wide attackers and how they play and how Southgate likes to play. It might be that Tony suits the team more than more than Bamford. But yeah, we'll see. It is competitive. Um, Watkins is pushing back in to try and get a spot. I yeah, think. I think I saw earlier that Tammy Abraham's may have got a call up. Tammy Abraham's um, back in. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, yeah, I mean, it's great for, um, yeah, great for England and great for the international game. But, yeah, I, I don't think we should think of that as who is better. We should just think of Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Gareth Southgate's got his own ideas and uh, I, I don't even think he's a very good coach, to be honest. I think he's just got <laughs> his own ideas of what he's... What- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST to do and uh he'll pick players according to that rather than like the perceived best player if you see what i mean i think you're right i think you're right he's a good he's a good man manager definitely mm. um but he's also got the biggest pool of england players to pick from i think he's, he's very very spoiled <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but um so obviously brentford has started the season off brilliantly do you think that mm. This is this can be sustained throughout the whole season. Do you think you'll have a, a season like Sheffield United did when they first came up, Leeds United, even Ipswich back in the day? Do you think they'll have that sort of season? <laughs> uh, getting Ipswich in there, yeah, again, I had nice to. One. Um, uh, I think this, the parallels with Sheffield United are really good. I think there's there are some similarities. I think the three five two, the teams played. Um, not leaving much space in between the defence and the goalkeeper, just sitting off and and just just going with like high quality chances. Like we we we're not taking many shots. I think we're um, some of the lowest shot takers in the league. I think there's only a couple of teams or yeah, there one is, team yeah. who's had less shots than us now. So we're not having a lot of shots, but when we are taking shots, they're high quality and they're they're good shots. Like centre of the goal, 
the goal with um, that we scored on the weekend with Mbemo. Canos is through on goal, took that shot. Keeper could only parry it, and then Mbemo slides in. There's there's a bit more there's a bit more precision to our play. It's not sort of erratic and wasteful. So it might be that we have a couple of games where these don't go in, and we're because you're only taking one or two shots or three shots a game. You, yeah, you you might score a couple of blanks, but we should be good at the other side. Look, we're we're looking strong. I think. Um, wherever you look really on the, on most of the stats websites or, or the data or a bit of the forecasting now, you're seeing that defensively Brentford are just stronger than at least five other teams and then attack wise we're we're again we're better than at least five six other teams so the conclusion is that we're, we're looking around like a mid-table team already and we've only got six games through and the points total we've got um, and the type of teams we've played we're, we're doing okay and I think Looking at how we're playing away from home as well, you'd have to think that barring a huge injury crisis, and we did go into West Ham with quite a few injuries, but still came out with a 2-1 win, but um, barring a huge injury crisis and uh, dipping into some of our real rookies and like some of our second string, um, we we should be able to keep this up. I, d- I don't think there's anything that's going to change too much in the system. Like We're going to be good defensively and defensive first, and then as long as we can keep getting chances from Bemo and Tony and a few of the other forwards... Um, we should be okay, yeah. Yeah, I think there is um there is longevity in this. That's good. It's it's true what you say. I think it's eighteenth I think you're eighteenth in most shots, but um that's almost mm. a compliment because you're eighth in most goals scored. So it just shows how clinical Brentford have actually been. Um and with your I think eight eight players have started every game in the f- in the first seven in the Premier League. Yeah, so yeah. quite There's a, a consistent like yeah. quite a consistent team, only obviously three um players haven't played every every game but um do you think that's key to it do you think you're going to have a consistent team because we look at teams like Fulham mm. when they came up last season they had a completely different 11 from the first game to the last game and you see that cost in a lot of teams don't you mm. do you think Brentford will, will have this this 11 for the majority of the season barring any injuries of course yeah yeah this is these are big things to pick up on I think in the last few years I think we've seen that teams who have Sheffield United showed it that they've almost jumped up two divisions with the same core team Leeds have shown it as well with um, a lot of their continuity that they could uh, other than someone like Ben White who Arsenal just signed but they lost Ben White but a lot of the core of their players have been the same and it's held them in good stead I think the teams that are making big changes and adjustments because like Premier League players are only human aren't they they don't it takes them a while to build relationships it Mm. takes them a while for the coaches messages to get through massive changes isn't really good for promoted teams I don't think it's it doesn't seem conducive to to um sort of team chemistry or or systems um but saying that though Norwich have had a similar team for a while and they look (laughs) they look pretty bereft and that might just be a quality thing but um, no, no, I think you're, you're definitely right. So I think other than Onyeka, um, Brentford have been able to basically maintain the same, almost the same or similar starting eleven until West Ham where there was a few injuries pre-game and where we had to adjust. But we have been really fortunate. Aya and um, Yanelt had a few issues uh, on the weekend. But yeah, up till then, the continuity of, of team... Um, and squad and like match day eleven has really helped us and I think it's um it's made us stronger. That's good. That's good. Do you think there's any um unfinished business that you'll do in January for transfers? Is there any transfers you think that you probably should have got in, in the summer that um maybe you wouldn't be able to survive the rest of the season without? Uh 
I don't, I don't know. I don't think Brentford, re- we don't really get caught out by transfer windows. I mean, if there's a player we haven't got or didn't sign, it's because the fee would have been way too much and we didn't desperately need them. But I think if there's players we need, we tend to go and get them. Um, there's a bit of talk around Brennan Johnson uh, and Forrest, uh, who had a loan at Lincoln the year before. Um, yeah, they they might go into him. I think a lot will depend on how we're looking injury-wise. So if we, if say for instance, and Burmo and Wissa are forwards supporting Tony, if if they have, if they've picked up injuries, then we'll go into the market and we'll make sure we get something. Um, there's lots of money there to spend. Uh, it's not um, it's not an issue financially. So we'll yeah we'll just adjust to what we need to do basically. Yeah. Good. Um, Thomas Frank, obviously a big part of it and a lot of people love Thomas Frank now he's, he's become sort of a, a neutral favorite obviously mm-hmm. he's been a fan favorite for years but what do you think he's um what areas do you think he's he's absolutely nailing at the moment tactically within his squad because obviously he's a, he's a man that thinks very deeply about games isn't he mm. yeah nailing uh it's wow that's a that's a good question I, I think he nails most things I think since he's come in I think he realised so he was assistant before he got promoted to manager, um, to head coach. Sorry, uh, he he just knew that Brentford were way too open, way too attacking. Didn't really focus on the defensive side or off the side of the ball. So he just spent years drilling that side of the game into Brentford, and then insisting that we bought better defensive players, taller defenders, stronger defenders, better defensive midfielders. Used his connection as well with Denmark. Um, and yeah, we just look like a good defensive team. And I think over the years, like good attacking teams win stuff. But really, if you want to move up the level and move up the up the leagues, it's really just being a good defense is what does that. And then you build attack onto that afterwards. But yeah, game to game, I think tactically, I think Brentford are one of the best prepared league um, teams in the leagues, and we're always going to be. I think um, our off the mm. off the field team is very good. Um, lots of. Um, Lots of good analysis on oppositions. Um, if you look at the Liverpool match, I think the weakness of Liverpool, and um, if you watch Liverpool a lot, they play high quite a lot. They are a, they're an attacking, ballsy team, aren't they? So the space behind them is over in that far corner behind Trent Alexander-Arnold, where Salah never tracks back, and Trent pushes on and plays almost like a centre mid. If you hit that space and you're ballsy and you go for that, there's some joy there. So we we obviously saw that. And, we're good enough to know that that's the weakness and then good enough to go for it. So I think it's it's this kind of preparation mm. and having plans and then going for them in games um, and then being confident enough in yourself that we can play when we need to play and defend when we need to defend and keep those set pieces good and strong and don't defend easily from there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say what he's uh, nailing in a small aspect because a lot of it he's getting quite right <laughs> game after game. Um, who doesn't that doesn't sound too cocky and we start losing 3-0 game after game now <laughs> <laughs> well there's some there's obviously there's some tough fixtures coming up I mean it's it's hard to even say you've got tough fixtures coming up because mm. you've had tough fixtures already like you've played a lot of a lot of the teams who are um, mm. client, you know up high in the table or considered the top top 10 teams the likes of Brighton Villa Wolves West Ham, Liverpool. Yeah, you played all them, mm-hmm. and now you've got Chelsea and Leicester coming up, both both at home as well, which is going to be an advantage. Um, I know you said earlier that um, you think mm-hmm. that they had a bit of a they had an advantage playing without the fans, which is surprising because they always see the, the fans as like the twelfth man, don't they? And they've been a big part of this season, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think 
I think for this season it's been huge. Um, yeah, having fans there has been a big thing. I, what I mean by that is, yeah, I, I, what I mean is without having fans, it's not quite the problem that everyone would think, if you see what I mean. Like, it's still it's still okay. It's still... Yeah. The coaches can still get their messages through very clear and we're a very positional, tactical, thoughtful team who has particular patterns of play and this is all drilled into us. So without fans, that just gets easier to execute. But having fans there in Premier League matches where they are intense, where players are absolutely knackered and dead on their feet, like Sergi Canos has been... He's been almost um, on his ass every single game. Uh, having the fans there to push him over the line and just get that last ten percent yeah. out of him is a big thing. So it's yeah, I, I don't mean it in in a bad way, but I just meant that having fans there at that time didn't affect <laughs> us as much as it did. But um, yeah, sorry, I've, I've gone on, I've gone on a bit of a tangent. Um, the uh, the fixtures as well. That was a question. Sorry, wasn't it? You're talking about the fixture list coming up as well. Sorry. Yeah. So Chelsea and Chelsea and Leicester have got next. Are you confident about those mm. games? Obviously, Chelsea is a very tough game for any team. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. This is it. This is the Premier League, isn't it? It's big game after big game. Um, mm. We're at home as well, so a couple of games at home, which would be nice. Um, we've been away for a little bit, which um, playing away, I think, allows us to um, just sit on our shape a little bit, like a three-five-two, five-three-two, and and hit on the break. So it suits us. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a different challenge at home. Um, what probably should be noted as well because Brentford you've got to remember we've just come out for the Championship and I think this is why some Championship teams do very well that they're used to the, the schedule of playing Saturday to Tuesday Saturday to Tuesday week after week after week um, uh, they won't probably admit this but the games are in more intense in obviously the Premier League the individual games themselves but the recovery is much better and um, we, we were speaking about this on our podcast last week Um Thomas Frank and his team were always moaning about not being able to coach the team because you have this relentless fixture schedule. If you think you've got the FA Cup as well, um, you've got the Tuesday night games in the Championship. It's you're just on autopilot. Whereas in the Premier League, I think you get a little bit more space. That so we're getting these midweeks off, so we're getting a chance to watch matches back, watch the other teams, um, maybe do a couple of variations on things ourselves, recover a little bit more in between games. So the schedule itself will make up for probably how hard this division is and we'll get a little bit more respite that way. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. That does make sense. Leicester, obviously, as well. Probably a good time to play Leicester. They're, um, they're start- t- is it a good time to play Leicester? Maybe they're looking to bounce back, aren't they, of course. But they've started the season very slowly, which is um, the opposite to what they usually do in the season, isn't it? They usually end it quite slowly and start it quite well. Um, what are you thinking about uh, that game? Is that going to be a... It'll be a new challenge as well, having a player like Vardy, because obviously Vardy's the sort of player who you don't really see much of him and then suddenly he comes alive and then he grabs a goal. He's that type of player and he's quite a dangerous player to defend against. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's evergreen, Vardy, isn't he? God. Um, yeah, he's a player that likes to play off the shoulder, isn't he? Yeah. He, he, wants, um, he wants a bit of space in behind. You've got to be alert with him, Um Leicester can be sort of quite deep and then all of a sudden just hit him over the top so you've got to be concentrating on the time yeah he's a he's a dangerous player um, I think again a lot of the things we do is trying to nullify that space that players like him like to get into and then the players that feed into him like um, uh, like Tielemans or, or some of those players in the middle will try and fill that central area as well and just be competitive there so really with what we've been doing over the last few years is building to compete with 
teams that are better than us. That's that's kind of what this is really with Brentford. Like we, we've built to be the underdog in matches and stay and keep us in matches, and then take a couple of chances ourselves. Um, yeah, so we won't be fearful of uh, Leicester. They don't look as strong as they did last year. They had a little bit of a drop off in the end, didn't they? I think they got pipped to Europe on the final day. Maybe I can't remember how it actually panned out, but um, don't know if there's a little bit of a hangover with them coming into this season. It hasn't been a great start for them, and yeah. To give away, to be two 0 up and give a couple of goals away is not. You don't really see that often in games, and they they just don't look as strong defensively. Um, conceding a couple of goals to Burnley, that's not really the best look. Um, it might be that Europe's just uh, just competing in Europe and the Premier League at the top end of the Premier League is just too much for them, and um, they need a little bit more. So, yeah, we'll we'll just um, we'll just prepare in the way we do. Um, we'll be ready and. Yeah, just see what we can do. Well, good luck for the um, for the rest of the season. Before you go, I want to um, I want to get a bold score prediction for the Chelsea game. Are you confident? Oh wow! Uh, no, I I don't think you can go into Chelsea <laughs> and think um, you're confident against Lukaku. But we'll be competitive. I mean, if they <laughs> if they beat us, then yeah, they'll probably have deserved it. But I think we'll score against them. Um, I'll go 2-2. That's what I'll say against Chelsea. 2-2. That is a bold prediction. Very bold. But, um, <laughs> you've, you pulled it off against Liverpool and Liverpool look at, back to their best in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah, it could happen. You never know. Chelsea should be easy then, shouldn't they? Yeah, it'll be, it's a late kick-off in the Sky Cameras again. So, Brentford, we've got to be up for it. All right, brilliant. Um, all right, thanks for coming on. No problems. Thanks for having me, Adam. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.